kind of crazy. This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's on and crack. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Aha! Hit the drop! I don't even know what an audio drop is. There you go. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. Brett Michaels, good to see you, sir. You gotta pay your dues, you gotta put your time in, and you gotta earn it. Earlier on the show, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Ray Lewis. Coming up, WWE legend, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's the bottom line, because Eisen said so. Here's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Ray Lewis just left us in studio. We're about to say hello to Stone Cold Steve Austin on Steve Austin Day 316. That's how we are rolling today. Pro Football Talks. Mike Florio was on in hour number one breaking down all the news in the NFL waiting on Deshaun Watson's decision because it apparently is his decision that's coming. Where does he want to play football next? Because everybody's all in on him. Um, uh, in Carolina and New Orleans and Atlanta uh, reportedly meeting with him today. And according to Mike Florio, everybody that meets with him has already been pre-approved oh. by the Texans. It's kind of like, you know, you need to send in your loan to get pre-approval for your mortgage. <laughs> like, you got to get pre-approved by the Texans bank by saying, okay, we see the three first-round choices are here. Okay. Um, are you liquid enough? Yes, you're liquid enough. Very good. All right. Not economically you're pre-approved. viable. We are pre-approved. Now we send things over to the uh, the underwriter named Deshaun Watson. Like a discovery card. I think that's basically what it is. And Deshaun Watson says, okay, um, I, I, I will now live in your new home. With my new home. That's what we got. How's the interest rate there? Very good. Okay. The interest rate's great in Cleveland. I'll tell you that because the Browns fans are thinking, we're getting Deshaun Watson. And then there's Baker Mayfield saying, "Eh, what about me? At Baker Mayfield where I put out a statement saying goodbye to Cleveland, even though Cleveland hasn't said goodbye to me yet. But the writing's on the wall. Mike Florio said in hour number one that Baker Mayfield, his farewell is because not only is he thinking that you know, the writing's on the wall with Deshaun Watson, but even if Watson doesn't come, he thinks, Florio, that the Browns have made a decision that Mayfield's out. That they're not even going to let him play out his fifth year there. That they'll trade him to somewhere else, get somebody to play quarterback there that's not named Baker Mayfield. They've already decided that he's not the guy. Wow. And that even if Watson doesn't come, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again significantly enough for them. Man. Man. And Mayfield's fourth year was just a disappointment. And that question about is it his fault or not, to me, is still a very open-ended question. It did not help that Odell Beckham Jr. left Cleveland and then suddenly looked like the Odell Beckham Jr. of the New York Giants when he first got there. Yeah, You know, no spectacular one-handed grabs, but... He definitely was on pace to be the MVP of the Super Bowl instead of Cooper Cup, right? That night. Yeah, he definitely was. And he was catching touchdowns, and he was an integral part of that playoff run for the Los Angeles Rams. And is that now Baker's fault? Is it the scheme's fault? What is it? Baker Mayfield threw all those interceptions and turned it over in that Christmas game in Green Bay, but they were in the game in Green Bay. Part of that is what Baker did. Is it the scheme? Is it Baker? And 
Baker Mayfield was injured. My God, was he injured. He missed the game. It was a Thursday night game against Denver, which was shorthanded in its own right. And Case Keenum won that game. Didn't light it up. But it was enough, I guess, for everybody to start thinking about, is it Baker or is it the scheme or what is it? Well, the thing is, is if it's the scheme, they're not getting rid of the coach. Two years removed from being coach of the year with Baker Mayfield winning a playoff game. He's not going anywhere. But who does? Potentially Baker Mayfield. And part of his play this year opens the door for that. That's a fact. And I cape for him more than I think anybody else that does this for a living. Eh, you're out there. You're out there for Baker. You know what would be fascinating to me? Is either Deshaun goes there or doesn't go there, but Baker's not there, and we'll see what's up in year five. Yeah. And and him going to, say, Indianapolis? Indianapolis and Seattle are the two that are kind of being oh, thrown out man. there. Oh, man. And the crazy thing is, is in Cleveland fans are just like, yeah, some, some of them are like, get out, get it, get him out of here. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. And then Seattle people will be like, well, you know what? Getting all that for Russell Wilson and resetting our draft capital and getting Baker Mayfield in here and Russ didn't want to be here. You know what? The 12s would go, oh, I'll take that. I'll take that. And if Deshaun Watson goes there and Baker Mayfield clearly has to be gotten out of town, then you can get him for, I would say, a significantly less costly price. But Baker's play opened the door. The injuries opened the door. The fact that Odell Beckham went somewhere else and looked terrific opens the door for the Browns to consider an upgrade. And... Also, I'll just say it one more time. I said at the top of the show, I will repeat again. The first manifesto of this non-playing <laughs> season was written by Kyler Murray's agent. Again, terrific stationery. And part of the reason why Kyler wants his deal right now after three years instead of waiting for the fourth year is because, one, I guess somebody like Josh Allen got paid and he wants to be paid like Josh Allen and has shown that he's generationally talented, similar to the way that Josh Allen did. Josh Allen did go further in the playoffs in his first three years than Kyler has only made it once and was one and done this year that he also doesn't want to go through a fourth year like Baker Mayfield did where suddenly question marks are everywhere and enough question marks are out there that people are wondering is it you because it's certainly not going to be the scheme or the coach they just extended him so if you're wondering, part of the reason why is Kyler doing all this is because they don't want to go through the unknown of a fourth year, and Baker Mayfield's fourth year is exactly the sort of unknown they don't want to discover. Now then, another item that we talk about here quite a bit is the overtime rules in the NFL. It's now time to start putting things on the table for the ownership of the NFL to look at if they want to change those rules, the owner's meeting, the annual meeting, as they call it in the NFL, amongst the membership, which is what they call the owners of the NFL, um, is coming up later on this month at the Breakers Hotel. Breakers. And so in Florida, yep. Florida, Florida. So uh, they're coming. Uh, it's coming. 
And we all know what happened in the playoffs. Bills blow the lead with 13 seconds to go. And then overtime is forced. They don't get the ball, and they're on their heels, and the Chiefs win, and Josh Allen in a dynamic game for the ages doesn't get to touch the ball, and that's a damn shame. And everybody spent the entire week, except us, screaming and yelling about how unfair it is. You can't have a game decided by a coin flip, even though the next week in the same stadium, the Chiefs forced overtime, had overtime forced, despite winning a game that they were winning by 18 points, get the ball first, win the coin toss, and Cincinnati picks off Patrick Mahomes, stops Mahomes, and then wins the game themselves. Thank thank God. The next week, (laughs) chef's kiss and timing for people like us saying, don't change anything, except we said, change the rule based on the number of people that called this show. We workshopped it, we spitballed it, because we're not that type of program that says, screams and yells and rants without offering our own alternative. Uh, One of the callers called in, the one idea that we really liked is attaching possession in overtime to the opening coin toss. So removing the randomness of a second coin toss from deciding who gets the ball to start overtime. Predetermined. By, yes, folding it into the coin toss to open the game. You win the coin toss to open the game. You defer, which a lot of teams do because they like getting the ball to start the second half, or their defense is a strong part of their team, putting the defense out first, stopping the other team's offense, and getting the ball to start the second half. And you can then, maybe if you're so fortunate, score on either side of halftime and take over a game or come back in a game in which you need those possessions back-to-back. And teams like having that in their back pocket. However, if you do that, you not only give the ball to your opponent to start the game, You are saying to your opponent, you get to start the game in overtime. And that way, you can figure out who gets the ball to start overtime. And in so doing, you can have both teams touch the football in overtime. Because if you just go ahead and say, both teams got to touch the football in overtime, and you win the coin toss to start overtime, you're now going to defer I'd like to know how many points I have to score in order to keep the game going or win. Because I'm going to then go and know I can go for it on fourth down on my own 18 if I have to, which the team that gets the ball to start overtime doesn't have to do. So the two rules proposal changes on these this issue was tweeted out by NFL football operations today. One is the Colts and the Eagles getting together. How about a little Frank Wright connection back mm-hmm. again? They, they just basically say, allow both teams an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime. I don't like that again because it, it, is, it is now going to be beneficial for the team to get the ball second. Right. You know, I know if you're, you're deferring and the other team scores a touchdown to win it, you know, that wouldn't be something you'd ever do. But now if I know I'm guaranteed a possession, yeah, you take it first. You take it first, and I'll put the pressure on the other team's coach to either kick a field goal. Now I know I've got to kick a field goal to at least continue it, or I can score a touchdown to win it. That does create some other issues when I get inside my opponent's 30 if I'm so fortunate, but I at least know what i got to do. Don't like it. Don't like it. I reject that out of hand. Now, the Titans got me to pause on their rule change proposal, which is 
both teams possess the ball in overtime unless the team that gets it first scores a touchdown and then gets a successful two-point try. I don't know about this. Either. So you're now putting it on the coach to start overtime. Say, so you can win it by going for two. However, if you go for two and you don't get it, now I can win the game with a touchdown and an extra point. So That's, I now know that secondarily. See, they, they, I don't like that because the other team that stops you from getting the two-point conversion, they should have to convert the two-point conversion. You should be forced to do the same thing. Right, exactly. So they can suddenly now score a touchdown and just kick a field goal. Also, we just gave up 75 yards and you scored a touchdown on us. But we can keep this game going if we stop you from the two-yard line. Well, the first thing I thought of was what are the odds of you converting a two-point conversion in the NFL? Because you have to know that if you're going to vote on this or not. They're high. And so put it up, Hoskins. The last five seasons, the lowest percentage of a successful two-point conversion league-wide was 2017, 43%. The next year, it was 50%. And the last three years, it's either 47 or 48%. Last year, if you round up, it's 49%. So half of the two-point conversions work. Interestingly enough, what that means, if it's 50-50, you're taking the randomness of the coin toss being 50-50 on the front end of overtime and putting it on the back end. It's now a coin flip. Whether you score the two-point conversion, but it still requires execution. It's not as simple as somebody flipping a coin up in the air. And it's just like, folks, if you're upset about the randomness of who gets the ball first, attach it to the opening coin toss. Thus, I know I've given up possession of the football to start overtime. I know it. And then maybe you just keep the rules as they are. You've just given up the randomness of the coin toss and stop the other team. So let's just say the Bills started the AFC championship game. I don't know if they did or not with the football. I don't recall it. So then they would have given up the game tying score for overtime and they gotten the ball to start overtime. And had they scored a touchdown and Mahomes not got back on the field, then we'd have heard from the Chiefs again like we did a few years ago when Brady did it to them. And we didn't hear from the Chiefs this year because they did it to Allen. Bills had the ball first. There you go. So it would have removed this year's problem. But I assume the KC won the toss. Who the hell knows, man? I, I doubt Kansas City would put their defense out first against Josh Allen in that game. I don't know. That's our proposal. Put us on the competition committee. Because just saying both teams touch it without understanding what that means for strategy and the reality of it is is it is absurd. Suddenly, you you would not want to win the coin toss of overtime. You'd want it second. And then the other one is just like, okay, I'm going for it. I'm feeling really good. We're going to try for two to win it. What coach would do that? It's a coin flip that you don't want to start the game, but you're willing to do for this on the back end of overtime because there's an execution part of it. 
And there's a risk that if you don't get it, now the other team scores a touchdown, kicks an extra point, and wins it. You know what team would go for two in overtime? The team that has Derrick Henry. Oh, right. They made the proposal. Except the fact, <laughs> except the fact that that team blew not one but two short yarded situations in their one and done playoff loss, despite being the one seed having Derrick Henry back. Shrug emoji. So again, it's it's not a guarantee, which is why I like the Titans' proposal better than just hey, let's just make sure both teams touch it. But just remove. The randomness from the coin toss. I think that's what people have a problem with. Remove the randomness of who gets the ball first through the coin toss, is what I meant to say, to start overtime by folding it in to the decision to start the game. So at least everybody knows who gets it first and can score first a touchdown and win it first. And then just keep going. Like we have... Before, the whole idea of it's totally decided by a coin toss. Well, it was in the division round and then wasn't in the championship round in the same building involving the same home team. One week apart. So if the Chiefs had won, you know, twice in a row that way, would there be a rule change? But we also have to be careful, too, because the knee-jerk reaction of what happened in the Superdome a few years ago led to an entire season of pass interference being challengeable, and it was a disaster. Sometimes things are great as they are. Or modified, thanks to the Rich Eisen Show, (laughs) which should have its host on the competition committee. I just promoted myself figuratively by literally promoting myself. Does that mean we get to go to the owners' meetings? I think that's what it means, I mean, Mike. That no, is you, you, owners' meetings are now plus can, two. That's right. Plus. You should go with your so theoretically. You should go like, with your stop. two with your two pieces of uh, Packer stock. <laughs> We're going. You should like knock on the door and just barge your way hey, in. Hey, uh, fellas, I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> I got two shares. I'm here. What do you mean? I don't got a seat at this table. Uh, what are we doing? Pay no mind list. <laughs> I'll represent them. Okay, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is here. I mean, my goodness gracious. Hell yeah. That's coming oh, up yeah. next. Before we do, let's talk about the Callaway Odyssey putter that I've been telling you about. The Tri-Hot 5K, it is new, but it's got the legendary White Hot insert inside it. And everybody on tour that wants to win a major championship should use it. Because if you look at the major tours... PGA, LPGA, Champions Tours. The last 37 major championships in those tours, not only did more pros play in Odyssey Putter in those majors, but more pros won major championships in 2021. That's why Odyssey's the number one putter on every major tour from 2021. That's why they're number one in worldwide wins, and that includes Xander Shoffley winning gold in Japan last summer. Being the number one putter on tour takes more than just a good year, though. That's the consistent performance and a steady stream of game-changing innovations. I told you about that white-hot insert and the new Tri-Hot 5K, a classic blade with the forgiveness of a mallet, which makes very little sense, but trust me, it's an example of why the best players in the world rely on Odyssey putters when it matters most. See what makes Odyssey the number one putter on tour at odysseygolf.com. Stone Cold Steve Austin for crying out loud in studio on Steve Austin Day when we come back. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. 
you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM Channel 85. It is a pleasure and honor to have uh, the legend himself on the day that uh, we all refer to his uh, Austin 316 comment. The, the man, the legend himself, toting his broken skull beer, uh, which is available today on Steve Austin Day 316. Stone Cold Steve Austin, good to see you, sir. Good to see you again, man. How you been? Man, it's good to see you. Uh... It's been a while. Uh, I'm living in Nevada now. Moved out of here. I, st- I still maintain a place here, great. but all things are going great. And uh, thanks for shouting out the beer. I'm real proud of this beer. Well, we got it right there. Austin 316 Day. You know, and a quick, quick bit of history, please. I did invent Austin 316 Day. The fans did. When I cut the promo at King of the Ring in 1996, you know, I referenced Austin 316 says, "I just whipped your ass." <laughs> you know. Over the course of time, you know, just because March 16th is 316 on a yeah. number date, they said, you know, they, they kind of unofficially, officially made it my day. Yes. So thank you very much. Where's the camera? Thank you very much to the WWE Universe who have made this actually a national thing. So what better day to uh, release a brand new beer? Yeah, exactly. And so, again, the origin of Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, you just did you just crack it open? I just cracked it open. It's, it's go time, Steve. All right. You, you want to? Go ahead and it's go time. give it a whirl right there. There you go. There's Brockman. Mm-mm-mm. What do you got? What do you got? It's fantastic. I'm not going to pour it all down my shirt like Steve used to, but. No, Whoa. that's proper response. I mean, if you're a beer lover, like like the IPA, we're still really pushing the IPA, and that's a great beer. I really kind of gravitated towards, you know, the hops. But, you know, the the people you know the people that don't really drink IPA says, man, please make a lager. Please make a lager. Mm-hmm. We listened. So we made a damn good one. And it's is it brewed right around the corner from here? El Segundo Brewing Company. Myself and the owner, Rob Crocs, all hit it off a long time ago. 
like two peas in a pod. You know, I don't really speak technical beer language, but yeah. I can tell you what I like. Yeah. He knows what I like, and we put this beer together, and we just love it. It's a partnership made in heaven. I love it. That's the best. Now, it, it, that's is it stone cold over there? It is. It's it? been cold. Okay, it's been good. sitting on the desk all very day, good. but it's still very yeah. cold, and it's very delicious. All right, well, with all due respect to Aikman's beer, you can remove his can from oh, yeah, the Troy's not here right now. It's still full. i got to finish this. Okay, very good. Me and Troy follow each other on the IG. I'll take the challenge with Troy any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Big fan. Troy wears... Troy, uh, uh, congrats on your beer as well. That's right. He They're came here during the beers, Super Bowl, right? and he left us some, so Brockman's got that in front we there. We empty but, cans okay. all, all over the fantastic. place. Fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. And again, uh, you can get that uh, beer where, where, what, on your website or something like that? Yeah, go to Broken, Spe- go to Broken Skull Beer dot com for okay. availability near you okay. as we ramp up distribution. But we're trying to make it all across uh, America right now as we speak. Okay, I got Steve Austin right here on the Rich Eisen Show on NBC Sports on Peacock, Sirius XM, and our terrestrial radio audience is now back here uh, on uh, Steve Austin Day. The man himself, the legend with his broken skull beer, Steve Austin, here on the program. And you just mentioned moments ago the origin story of Steve Austin Day. Like, you didn't say anything to just try and create one. It just got created based on what you said back in the day. What's the, the, Give me the backstory on on you saying Austin three sixty. Well, what happened was, you know, we were it was it was a tournament style pay per view called King of the Ring. Whoever wins King of the Rings, he's going to get a little bit of a push. Sure. So, you know, they decided, you know, I was going to be the guy that's going to get that push. In the first match of that night, I was wrestling Mark Merrill. He did this kind of fancy move, and he ended up kicking me in my mouth and split my top lip wide open. Well, they'd take me to the hospital to get stitched up. So while I'm gone, getting about 14, 16 stitches in my upper lip. Yeah. Uh, Jake Roberts was, you know, he's going to be my next opponent. And he had kind of mentioned, uh, you know, that he needed God to help him through this. It's kind of a religious based promo. Mm. It's where he was, you know, at that stage in his life. Yes. As soon as I stepped out of the ambulance coming back, I just had a pair of shorts on. I had my gear on and everything. And, uh, Michael Hayes comes up to me and he goes, Hey, just want to let you know when you were gone, Jake cut a relig- uh, a promo on you. I said, well, what'd he say? And he kind of told me words to the effect of what he said. And I said, oh, as soon as he said that, Austin 316 popped into my mind because back in the day in the old football days, they always had the John 316 posters behind the field, you know, the point after or yeah. the field goal attempt, right? Yeah. And I said, oh, man, I got one for his ass. <laughs> and so I just spun that thing together, and we went out We went out there. You know, I wrestled uh, Jake. It was a short match because, you know, his ribs had been injured, and we didn't want to uh, injure my lip anymore. Short match, go over there to do the promo with the guy that told me about the – you know, promo, Michael Hayes, and I just let it loose. Pretty much an ad lib, one of the things when you're on the fly and just gold starts happening, right? And I said, Austin 316 says, you, I just whipped your ass. And then as I kept on, Vince was doing the announcing. I knew I needed a button on the end of that promo. And I something I just pulled out of thin air, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I just pulled out of thin air, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. So I got two trademarks at uh, – oh, I, I hit two grand slams – at two at-bats at an event I was never supposed to win. So, you know, it was just something that I capitalized on. The timing was right. I was right, and I was ready. So magic happened that night. And so then it just organically, as we say, right? Yes. Just gained steam where fans started making T-shirts, or did, w, did, the, did the Wrestling Federation make the T-shirts up? Or? Well, that was, a, that was a funny thing. When I had come in, you know, Mark Henry, uh, Mick Foley, uh, Vader, so many guys were starting their debut by the time I came in. Yeah. Well, I was coming in from, you know, a torn tricep in WCW, a little bit of a stay in ECW, 
and I didn't have a really good look. I didn't didn't have this complete package that I had, you know, now or, or today. back then. Yeah, yes, today, Steve. So you know, I was I was a ragamuffin. Yeah. They didn't see no money uh, in me. And uh, one of the guys that ran a merchandise, Jimmy Miranda, sweetheart of a guy. And I'd always you know be sitting in the bleachers waiting on the show to start, and I'd see Jimmy talking to everybody about the uh, shirts. And I said, Jimmy, I said, the office ever got any T-shirt ideas for me? Nope, not yet, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell, after that Austin 316 uh, promo, I was sitting there in the stands one day, and he goes, Jimmy came up, came up to me and he goes, Stephen, the office finally has a T-shirt. Uh, they want to do a T-shirt for you. You got any ideas? I, I'll use correct language. Yes, I sir, said, you got dang right I do. <laughs> I said, put a shirt, put in Austin 316 on the front, put a skull in the back, and carve in Stone Cold. I said, there's your shirt. So they produced a shirt, and it was the number one selling shirt in the history of the business. I imagine so. The ragamuffin was marketable. <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold The Steve best Austin. shirt of all time. Yeah. Yeah. The best shirt ever. And like, like, wore that shirt till it disintegrated. Yeah. I still have the original shirt that I bought in Pittsburgh's Civic Arena in 1997. I still have that shirt at home. I mean, it's it's iconic. And Rich, what Steve said about his two promos, that's like scoring five touchdowns in a game yeah. and throwing seven touchdowns in a game in the same game. Like yeah. it, it, what he did yeah. in that one promo, it's legendary. It, it Do you think it changed wrestling, Steve? To be honest, because that kind of ushered in the Attitude Era. Well, no, maybe the attitude there was kind of already. I've always considered, you know, people in that business to have attitudes anyway. But I guess it defined an era, and then it became that. But you know, going back to those shirts, uh, my niece is going to law school in New York. She just took the bar, and then uh, my uh, daughter here in L.A. was mm -hmm. shopping at these thrift shops. It's the thing to do, right? And they find these vintage shirts. And her price at like two hundred and sixty-five dollars, and like you know, back in the day, those those shirts are twenty-five dollar shirts, and you know, as, as like uh, Bill Murray was saying, stripes chicks in New York are paying top dollar for this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah! Low ride. <laughs> I, guess <what's, laughs> I guess what's old is new again, right? I, I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about it. It happens. But it's 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 amazing. It's amazing how how things uh, and now you're going to go to Dallas for WrestleMania 38, home of the Dallas Cowboys, man. Yeah. Uh, on April second and third, that'll be seen right here on Peacock. I mean, amazing. What if I had told you back in the day you're going to be wrestling WrestleMania 38? I told you I mean, it's full of something. I bet, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Th this opportunity comes up. Kevin Owens starts running me down and gets my attention. And you know what? It was a thing where I kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get in the ring again. Mm -hmm. And in this business, they always say, hey, never say never. And, but I said I would never get in. But, you know, prompted by the right person at the right time. Hell, I actually wish you to piss me off a little sooner than it did to give me a little bit more time to prep. Because <laughs> once you go into that ring, man, that's just like stepping on a football field or, you know, onto a baseball diamond or in, onto a hockey rink. That, right. That's where business happens. And so we, we don't know what's going to escalate to, but – you know, really been working on my on my conditioning, and you know, had it been anywhere else other than you know, Jerry's place yeah. down there, I saw George Strait on the Cowboy Rides Away tour, sold out 103,000, and it was amazing. So it's a two night event. You know, WWE is the biggest show of the year. I mean, uh, WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. So to be a part of that is really special to me, and it get it. You know, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to have a damn blast.
I'm going to have fun, and I'm, I'm going to wear I'm going to wear these two fists out on Kevin Owens, and I'm sure he's going to get some too because he's had an amazing career. And I'm glad that that he pissed me off when he did. <laughs> yeah, why? Can I? Well, can I I'll give you a story? Yeah. Long time ago, when I was still active in the ring, I was on the road somewhere. I think we we're in Canada. I was about to get on an airplane, and this kid comes up behind me. It was Kevin Owens, him mm-hmm. and another guy. He goes, hey, Stone Cold. He goes, my name is Kevin Owens. You know, I just want to know. I'm, I'm in the business a couple of years. Can you give me any advice? Mm. And he started telling me about all the offensive moves that he was doing, stuff like that. And I said, kid, I said, you need to stop doing all those crazy moves and learn how to run your mouth. He go, I said, you need to learn how to cut a promo. And Kevin Owens is a student of the game. Now he cuts one of the best promos in the business, and he got my attention with his promo. So he's a guy that's had a career that many, many uh, would love to have. He's been in it over 20 years, longer than I have, and it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting challenge because in my documentary a while back on a and E, I I said, yep. as, as an active performer, you never want to come off the road because if you come off the road, you get soft. An NFL football player tells you the same thing. You go through offseason, you got to get calloused up and get ready to go, right? So he's ready to go, and so I got my work cut out for for me uh, on a Saturday, April 2nd, two-night event, April 2nd, 3rd, and I'm going to be there whipping some ass. <laughs> and so when you yeah. say you're doing it for you, what do you what do you mean by that? What well, when I left, I didn't want to leave. You know, WrestleMania 19, I, you know, my neck had presented some problems. Right. And, uh, you know, after I'd gotten uh, spiked and dropped on my head back in 99, I had three, four fused up, and it was time for me to ride off in the sunset and do something else. So this, this comeback uh, means a lot to me. Uh, as I've you know been getting back in ring shape, and uh, I'm gonna go out there and uh, do the absolute best I can. But I've said this, uh, I said this on, on my biography again. I, re- I just refer back to that too many times here. But go for it. You know, my wife uh, knows how much I love her. My family uh, knows how much I love them. Uh, my daughters and my stepdaughter know how much I love them. But uh, professional wrestling, they call it sports entertainment these days, is the number one passion in my life. You know, I like to hunt, I like to fish, I like to ride my four wheelers. But, but the business of sports entertainment is in my blood. So to get a chance to go back on the, on the world's grandest stage and one of the greatest stadiums of all time uh, means a lot to me. So I'm, I'm doing this for the fans. I'm doing this for WWE, but I'm doing this for me, number one. Stone Cold Steve Austin here on the Rich Eisen Show on Steve Austin Day 316. Broken Skull, American Lager, available today. Um, uh, we have a game here, uh, Stone Cold, called Start Bench Cut. Where you got to choose one, you got to bench one, you got to cut one. I've got three um, items for you, and we're gonna we're gonna run through them if you don't mind playing start bench cut with us right here. Bottom line, let's see if I got any good answers. Okay, here we go. Hit hit the drop right here, please, for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Go for it. Start bench cut. You got it, Mike, or you don't have it? Okay, very good. Don't worry about it. Here we go. Start bench cut right here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Can you I use it? the same answer more than once? Yeah, they're, they're different. They're, I, I think I got you'll, you. you'll, you'll, you'll okay, see. You'll, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> uh, you got the uh, the music at least? There we go. Stone Cold Steve Austin, start bench cut. You got to start one. You got to bench come and You got to cut one. First one is your favorite WWE segment. Okay. I've got three, four right here. There's the beer bash. Okay. Where you drove a beer truck to the ring and you hose down the rock. <laughs> Vince and Shane McMahon. Number two is the grocery store fight with Booker T, <laughs> where you actually fought him in an aisle of a grocery store. The whole that was grocery amazing. store. The, the whole supermarket. The, the whole right? supermarket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one is when you totally uh, assaulted Vince McMahon <laughs> in a hospital room 
bed and hit him atop the head with a bedpan where you snuck in in full hospital gown and mask I'll take to hide your, uh, your, your identity. So you have to start one, your favorite one, bench one, which is kind of second place, and cut one. Which one? Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's really impossible. Well, that's, that's <laughs> I the, mean, that's the that's the one. I guess that's the whole idea of the game. You want to make it easy? Okay, I I, I gotta. What's my time limit? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna phone a friend? You can phone a friend. I mean, all right, man. Every single one of those was a blast. I'm gonna cut. Vince McMahon in bedpan. Oh! Look at the options you give me. You know, going into, I think that was the go-home promo for WrestleMania 15 against yes. The Rock. Yep. Uh, you know, drive that beer truck that in there. Nice. And then the other one is raising hell in whatever town that was at the Green Frog grocery store doing $10,000 with Booker T. I, I, it's hard for me to start, cut, or bench anybody. Right. I quit. <laughs> Wait a second, Stone Cold don't quit. <laughs> On this one, I mean, those are those are such iconic moments for me. As like, I'd be disrespecting, you know, one of the guys by picking one over the other. Okay. The beer truck is number one. I mean, yeah. come on. You drove a beer truck. And... I drive, I'm trying to be humble. Here. <laughs> okay, All right, next one. We'll move on. Here's the next one. Start bench cut. I don't know if it get any easier. Uh, start bench cut. You have to pick a tag team partner. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Jim Ross, Paul Heyman, or Vince McMahon? Guys, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, but I'm going with my guy, uh, Jim Ross. Paul Heyman is so instrumental in my career. Yes. If it wasn't for any of these men here, yes. I wouldn't be here. So I love them all. And you, you, Vincent McMahon would never hear me say that in a million years. But I'm going to go with Jim Ross on this because he was there when I had my neck surgery. He was there to reunite myself with the company when I had parted ways due okay. to some bad booking decisions, in my opinion. So I'm going with Jim Ross. Okay. What are you you're going to bench and cut? Or oh, okay. Hell yeah. Put him back up there. <laughs> Put him back up there. Bench. Didn't have many steel chairs. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bench Paul. And I'm going to cut Vince. <laughs> and that's the bottom line because I said so. What else you got? Last one, Steve. I don't know. This This may be the toughest one of them all. And I apologize in advance. Start bench cut. Your drink of choice, beer, whiskey, or tequila? Man, boy, I tell you what. You guys are pulling no punches on this show. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cut the whiskey. Okay. Cut the whiskey. I'm going to bench the tequila. Because I bring it back in rotation. Yes. And I'm starting the beer. Oh. Hey. It's a, it's yeah. Yes. It's called, yeah. It's called yes. promoting. See, you do not, you will Ooh. never miss an opportunity to promote. There you go. Yeah. There it is right in front of you. You know, here, we're here, releasing I'll, this. I'm fixing to leave here. You flip me one over. Yeah. I'm leaving well, here to go nice right to, to the brewery because we got to. Well, I mean, it's it's geographically sound, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, geographically sound. You got a meet and greet over there, day, right? So, uh, yesterday I was down there signing, pre-signing some stuff and uh, had a couple. And then, uh, like, today I'll have a couple because, you know, it's a thing to do to party with the people that we're doing a release party with. Sure. Uh, but then it'll be back to hardcore training for WrestleMania 38 because, you know, I got a can of whoop ash. It might be the last can I have in me, but I've got one last can for Kevin Owens, and I'm going to give it to him in I like it. fine fashion. I like it. <laughs> get up. Cheers, sir. Cheers. Okay. There you go. 
See, we were watching beer. that promo Cheers. with Coach. Here we go. The well, you got to drink up. I got to. I got to. Okay, the one go. with Coach where mm. it was kind of the height of the what era, too, where you're just like, good. more yeah. beer? What? More beer? What? Some tequila? What? Whiskey? What? <laughs> just kind of guys fired Coach up. Coach is awesome because I was always trying to bust him. Yeah. You know, to, to He's get, trying not to laugh I the know. whole time. I damn near had him a couple times, yeah. but he's such a pro. He, he was awesome. This is really good. Yeah. Hey, man, it's good. You know, like the, the IPA, you know, I, I was Cheers, real specific TJ. on that yes, because, sir. you know, I like different. I like something a little bit more mid-palate. I don't want to linger too long. I don't want to be too bitter. That beer was built specifically for me, and it's awesome. This awesome beer. But, it, you know, in a beer like this, you just want something you just drink a bunch of. <laughs> and this is that damn beer. I mean, because you can't drink a whole bunch of those IPAs. I mean, you can and I can, but I mean, it, it's not advisable. Yeah, not <laughs> to go drink ten of them. But you can drink ten of these. Yeah, that was an epic start bench cut. By the way, good, yeah, jo- good job, TJ. Well TJ done. came up it's with all, all those runs. I can't uh, take any credit for that. I kind of, I kind of crapped the bed on the first three, well, but I mean, yeah, no, I'm no, no, no. Well, I mean, look, those are three of your more iconic moments. We didn't even include, obviously, you. Give, delivering the line that causes today to be Steve Austin. Day. Yeah, but those are pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, who, who helped come up with the, the the belt, Steve? The Stone Cold belt. Hey, man, that, that's a great question because I was you know hanging around before shows. We're always kind of kicking it, killing time. People wonder how you kill time. It's telling stories. A lot of guys played cards. A lot of times I'd be hanging out with Bubba Ray or Chris Jericho talking rock and roll. But at this point in time, I was hanging out the Road Warriors and uh, Animal and Hawk. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were sitting there, and I said, God dang, I was really starting to catch on fire. And the big thing back in the day, you know, if someone really blew the roof off the joint, you say, oh, man, that was a Road Warrior pop. Mm-hmm. So the Road Warriors are really over, right? And uh, they said, Steve, they said, you ought to have your own belt. You ought to have the Stone Cold belt. And I guess I ran that by Vince, but it was a Road Warriors idea to come okay. up with that belt, and we did. Whose idea was it to hit him with a bedpan? Was that just you saw No, it that was the... Vince's idea. <laughs> Vince said hit me oh, with yeah. a bedpan. Oh, yeah. Well, man, wow. that segment is so much gold in that. Me and Mick Foley are in this tiny closet while Vince is doing his stuff, and he breaks out Mr. Sacco and says that's about to be his new finish maneuver. And we're in there like you know, two big-ass guys in a little bitty room just laughing our asses off. <laughs> and they said, hey, man, you guys got to keep it down while Vince is doing his stuff. And so when I found out I was going to hit him with that, you know, that thing is stainless steel. And so I'm bouncing it off my head, trying to get the right acoustics and try to find that sweet spot. <laughs> you know, because, you know, when your boss says, you got to lay me out, he's already laid out. But when you got to hit somebody with a bedpan and you're in the middle of a hot angle, mm-hmm. you don't want to just go, dink. You got to rear back and bring it. Mm-hmm. So I just found the sweet spot on my head and then on the fly, you know, I'm, I'm an expert at hitting, uh, hit, hitting people with certain objects. <laughs> Yeah, and so it worked out great, and people still talk about that moment. Like us. Yeah. Like here in this day. All right, cheers to you. Uh, everybody, uh, what you said, uh, brokenskullbeer.com. Is that where yep, people broken, get it? Okay, brokenskullbeer.com. And uh, it is really good, man. And then, um, by the way, our kudos to our refrigerator. This thing is Absolutely. really cold, right? Ice I cold. mean, this yeah. is ice cold. It's stone yeah. cold. And I also, Rich, the, the yeah. moment Steve was talking about when it all happened, I told you earlier, that's the T-shirt I have on the day, the moment that he uttered those I lines was. to Michael Hayes, Doc Hendricks, who he was at the time, and wearing that today in honor of the man and drinking some beer. It's a great Mick day. Foley said, <laughs> you know, as Mick day. Foley said, he goes, you know, I could have cut that promo just like I did, and it would have been great, but the fact that I was stitched up, there's a little bit of blood in my mouth, just kind of added to the – it was an exclamation point on the promo. It certainly 
Great notice by Mick Foley. <laughs> At Steve Austin BSR on Twitter and Instagram. BrokenSkullBeer.com. This is really good stuff. It goes down a little too easy. I've got to work out later, <laughs> to be very honest. That was a plan. And we will see you at WrestleMania, sir. Yeah. Good to Raising see you. hell as only I can. Thanks for staying. Looking and thanks for coming here on your on your day. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, uh, Rich. You're you know awesome. That. And love all you guys. Thank and you. that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> We'll be right back on the Rich Eisen Show. (laughs) Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the show. All right. I mean, that, that just happened. I mean, wow. <laughs> so explain what uh, okay, you just uh, signed. So <clears throat> Chris. back in college, I was a little bit thicker, and I had a huge goatee. Okay. Obviously, I didn't have hair. I hadn't had hair for a long time. So I kind of looked like, you know, a little mini stone cold. And so my mom would collect all these stone cold items and send them to me at college. So I have, this is what I have right here. It's a, it's a piggy bank. And it talks. So you put some money in the back, and, and it, it talks. talks. Here, let's Listen. see. And so she sent this to me a few years ago, and I've just had it. And <laughs> it's been sitting over here forever. Are you seriously? It's yeah. been on the set? Okay. It's been here or for a couple of years. Off camera. Right. Off camera. And so? And so I got Steve to kind of sign it. What did he say? Uh, what did he sign it? Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then he did the Austin 360. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> Dude, it's now autographed. <laughs> that is fantastic. An so autographed like, Steve Austin talking piggy bank. So it's is like it one a of those things. Too? Is it, did the head move or no? Nah, no, the head doesn't move. So I'm sure TJ kind of feels the same way. Like, if you would have told 1998 me who would have raw parties in his college dorm room and, you know, guys from New York with black boxes, oh, yes. like, bootlegging the pay-per-views, that we would get, yeah, we that we would get to we hang did, out and drink beer with Stone Cold on 316 Day. It's and he'd sign your piggy bank. It's yeah. basically one of the most surreal things yeah. of all time. <laughs> and, I love you it. Know. Well, and I told him in the back, you know, back in 1990, so when I'd be in Altoona going to the sheet store and looking at all my Sports Illustrated yeah. and pro wrestling magazines, I saw this 
big buff, long blonde hair guy wearing spandex sh- shorts, and his name was Stunning Steve Austin. And I was just like, I kind of like this guy. And I start following him his career. And 32 years later, I told him in the back to sit there and have a beer with him. Like he hey. and I cracked. Man, that's. This, I'm telling you what, this job does not suck, guys, all right? <laughs> this job is not suck. Ray Lewis and Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin the same I day. That. I know that. Come on, man. It, I know that. For all of us, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun. Like yesterday, Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels, yeah. Class. This like, is what a week. this isn't work. I can't even say work. I come I to work every day. The banana man. from Mass Singer. <laughs> <laughs> when you said, I bet you that's not the first time you had to sing through a banana. Like, I'm like, come on, you man, you've Brett? been around. <laughs> you've got some things. It's the first time you sang through a banana hole, really. <laughs> oh my god! It's the only thing that left to my mind to say. I, I will say time. this: that start bench cut came across. It did very so well. You nailed man. it. So my. Oh. My musings right around Culver City coming down the 405 <laughs> to come to work, I it kind of worked out. So well done to you. And then, of course, to Smitch and Jordan at home putting it together. It's called teamwork. Yeah. It's called teamwork. This is great. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. You know, what's funny Fun about show. all that, guys, is like this T-shirt that we talked about. I was about to wear this like three weeks ago to work. And I stopped myself and I was like, Wait a minute, March 16th has come up. I'll just save it. And then I went, wait a second. So I text Liz and I was like, hey, we need to get Stone Cold in the studio on March 16th. And Liz was like, let me see. And then like a day later, she's like, he's in town. And I was like, oh man, this is amazing. amazing. So, And thank God, like, you know, the brewery that does his beer is right up the street, oh, literally right two yeah. miles away. And that Liz has the only functioning refrigerator. <laughs> well, I got this cold. beer two days ago and it was in my house. So I had four. I had, 27 cans of this in my refrigerator at home, right. and I brought it in here. So, <laughs> right? So, man, we're drinking at work, Chris. Come on. Come on. And you thought guys. only Susie had to host yeah. this show. Hey. Come on. Most of Friday's beer, Wednesdays. Let's go. So, oh, by the way, the uh, Just Getting Started episode with Susie, Steve, uh, Stephen, uh, a, Stephen right? a. Smith dropped this morning. Gonna check and, that out. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, oh, we have a clip of that? Okay, oh, let's check um, it. let's let's uh, let's get that done. She's 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 got uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> the episode is called "I've Never Lost a Debate." How? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Roll it. What's the greatest misconception about you? Mm, that I don't care. Um, that mm. you know, when people think that uh, I, I'm cool. I really check myself and think about that real quick because I don't want to be that way. I want to be straight up. I want to be no nonsense, no BS, but I don't want to be cruel. I'm not that guy. Um, I want people to be able to feed their families. I want people to smile and laugh and have a good time. I don't want to contribute to people's demise. I've never rooted against anyone. I root for me. I root for (laughs) people to succeed, but I don't root against anybody. Um, I think that's a misconception. Yes. And I think the biggest misconception is that I'm screaming all the time. That is far from the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm pretty damn mellow when I'm away off camera, but on camera, I would dare say, Paul, I'd call you quiet. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wouldn't go that far. I can be. But the biggest thing about me is that when I'm on television or in front of the microphone for radio or anything else, I'm asking you to listen and watch me. If I'm not excited about doing it, why should you be? 
So it's, it's, you know, the biggest thing is not judging a book by its cover and not ever thinking I'm one dimensional because I am not a one dimensional dude. I don't believe in it. I don't like it. I don't like one dimensional people. I think versatility is always the way to go as opposed to being a one trick pony. And I pride myself on being versatile. That's where all podcasts are uh, acquired. Cumulus Podcast Network, Susie, with Just Getting Started. And um, his origin story going from Hollis, Queens, to being the king of everything. <laughs> Check it out. Looking forward to that one. The uh, Raiders just uh, signed Chandler Jones. Oh. Whew, that's a big one, man. I like it a lot. That's a big one. I like it a lot. And now Chandler Jones with Max Crosby. Look out. When you've got to chase down Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and put Justin Herbert on his you-know-what twice a year, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And I like it a whole heck of a lot. They did have to release Carl Nassib, which is uh, a loss. Yeah. Um, But I like Chandler Jones, and they chained Yannick Ngakwe to the Colts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they do get Rocky Sin back. That's pretty good. That might be the best name trade of all time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, Rocky right? Rocky Sin and Yannick Ngakwe, <laughs> right? Also, so, more importantly than I, that, well, now Rich John yeah. Jones, John Bones Jones is now Raider Nation, and that probably makes them the toughest fan base in all of I mean, NFL. That's so. it. Well, well, yeah. well, well struck, sir. Yeah, they were uh, already pretty bad, but and uh, <laughs> a perfectly timed um, acquisition with Max Crosby on tomorrow's program. Hey. Oh, and Man, those are the, with the, go- the googly eyes are that was before. Well. Again, the googly eyes, as you know, is is a sign that they know something's about to happen. In this case, though, it's him being booked on the Rich Eisen show. Oh. And a lot of folks are wondering, what's that all about? And you know what, I appreciate I'll, Max I'll promoting right himself that on, way. So, yeah. We're in destination um, right now, Rich. Yeah. And I can maybe hope that Freddie Freeman signs before Dave Roberts appears on our first hour of tomorrow's program. That's still out there. He's still out there, man. So Dave Roberts is our first up tomorrow. Uh, also on tomorrow's program, Todd McShay and um, Paul Pierce. Hey. The truth. Pierce. Do I ask Paul Pierce about being invited to Shabbat dinner? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Make a note. Hi. Hi. Remember, remember that picture Smitch made with us and Paul yes. Pierce? All of a sudden at that poker <laughs> party. And maybe blowing it all up is Deshaun Watson during tomorrow's program uh, or later tonight. Uh, feel like it's going down. Who knows? Something is afoot. But when we come back on the air, the new league year will have already been rung in in the NFL. And more news a-popping. That's on Thursday's show. What a great show today, huh? Great stuff. Amazing. Great stuff. Uh, Thank you to Mike Florio. Uh, Mazel tov to him on his new book. Behind. Ray Lewis. Everybody check out uh, Beyond the Edge on CBS tonight. And get yourself a broken skull beer and crack it open. Hell yeah. I'm a little Here drunk right now. Like Stone Cold said, drink a lot of these. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, TJ's yeah. hammered, which means TJ's stay tuned uh, for our final segment on Peacock. <laughs> <laughs>